Okay, here we go. Welcome to uh, the Alex Cast Arnamancy Halloween Showdown live stream, where we will talk about Halloween stuff and um, stuff. Hi, Alex. Hi. Are we going to fight to the death at some point? I think um, I think that is on the docket. Uh, okay. okay. But you know, it's going to be tough because <laughs> obviously I'm an Umbreon. Yes, and I take umbrage at things often look there are a couple's cartoon uh all right cool well this took us a little while to figure out but we finally got there and um thank you to all of our hundreds of thousands of viewers for um you know (laughs) being being this patient (laughs) (laughs) uh but we do have like some special guests showing up tonight and um and it's halloween so Hopefully we'll tell some tales of Halloween and stuff of that nature. And um, for those of you who are out there watching, if you're on the YouTube live stream, you can totally ask us questions. Uh, Oh, and we had a question, didn't we, Alex? Didn't somebody already send us a question? Uh, We did. Um, You know, there's a lot of uh, things that I could be saying right now as I desperately open up my Google Keep folder I should have opened up earlier. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and now that I've seamlessly transitioned, uh, Liminal Bird asked us about being Dune heads and uh, if we're familiar with the idea of um, the Kwitsak Kadarak being surprised by the Kefitsaha Dedarak, uh, shortening of the way, a miraculously speedy way of travel between distant lands. Yeah, you know, um, we, so last year when I started up this um, podcast, uh, you were my first guest, I think, or my second guest, and you kind of surprised me. You were like, "We're gonna, we're gonna talk about Dune," and you brought like Dune trading cards and Dune bubble gum, and like, so neither of us really prepared to talk about Dune. We just talked about it, and uh, Dune is one of those. You know, I love the Dune series. I've read the entire series. Well, you know, the entire Frank Herbert run, yeah, uh, probably two or three yeah. times. But you know, it's been ages, so. It was a question of, like, how much did I remember? And it's oddly enough one of the episodes that I've gotten the most comments about, but they've all been from, like, really big Dune nerds who have said things like, the next time you guys get, you know, I mean, I think the the one that kind of hurt me the most is, like, the next time you guys are going to talk about something on the podcast, make sure you're prepared. And I was like... That guy also (laughs) said we pronounced something wrong, and I still want to know what that was. I wonder what did we... I mean, who... Who decides how Dune stuff is pronounced? Is there a dictionary out there somewhere? Well, there there are uh, interviews with Frank Herbert. I actually just listened to one that somebody took the time to go through and run like audio processing on and cleaned it all up. And it sounds beautiful now. Um, uh, Frank Herbert talking. I mean, my guess is we probably mispronounced Bene Gesserit. That's possible because I think I say Jesuit. Um, yeah, I don't know but, how it's supposed to be. Well, here's the thing is I've never claimed to pronounce anything properly. <laughs> Me neither. It's, um, not my, it's not my, like, it's not my job. Like, I say dumb things into microphones. In so, fact, pronouncing things goes against my remit. Yeah, I, I don't want to um, make you do things that you're uncomfortable with. Are you sure you're not too afraid of the pumpkin? I think the pumpkin looks great. I think it looks okay. uh, way better. You know, I've got, like, a, a sign on the wall that says, Eric cooks pretty good dinner. Okay, now that's scary. <laughs> so, so the Kwisatz Haderach. Yes. Um, Shortening of the way. Yeah. It, so Haderach does mean the road or the way. Uh, and then I don't know the other word, but um, there is this sort of legend. There's a lot of like rabbi stories where like rabbis with magic Kabbalistic powers are able to um, travel very quickly from place to place. You know, it's it's a common... Uh, superpower that that wizards used to have in the old days that magicians would summon demons that would help them move from place to place um i honestly don't know a whole lot about what about judaism and frank herbert you know he did have um the jews show up as a whole culture in um one of the later books of his like chapter house dune or something of that nature um I think that was, didn't at the end, he kind of said that the Bene Gesserit are direct, like, matrilineal lineage to Jews. That's, like, where the whole thing started. Yeah, I think he might have said something like that, which would make sense. Like, maybe that's where they got their secret 
maybe that's where they got that name. Um, oh, I just got a notice from, from one of our special guests that she won't be able to make it because her um, internet crapped out. She said she oh. put on lipstick and everything. Well, <laughs> I, I'm sorry I didn't get to see uh, the lipstick. Yeah. Uh, we have a question on YouTube, just really quick. Why okay. doesn't Alex have on a costume? I do. I'm dressed like a doughy middle-aged podcaster. So there's that. I have. I know. I do have. Um, my shirt has a picture of Alf as Baphomet. I feel says, like that's a costume. Uh, I mean, at least yeah. Alf is wearing a costume. Uh, yeah. I, so here, I will tell you the story of me not having a costume. Okay. So I work at a print shop, and I got this. Uh, uh, I went through Eric's Facebook feed, uh, like a creep, <laughs> and uh, found a, a just a perfect headshot of Eric. Uh, that I've got all sized out and ready on perfect stock to print out that I was going to cut out and wear an Eric mask for the feed. <laughs> but is... work got like smokingly busy on Friday. I didn't have time. So I, I, you know, I failed. I failed you all. I failed. I failed the city. I failed Green Arrow quoting and I failed Eric Arneson. And I'm sorry. <sighs> this... feel bad, Tony Gilbert. There was a time uh, years and years and years ago. Um, I went to a, a uh, I went to a Halloween party and a friend of mine showed up dressed as me. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I don't know. I guess maybe maybe I'm just iconic. Maybe I'm a style icon. Yeah. I mean, how many other Umbreons with mustaches have you seen? <laughs> I, I spent a lot of time in some weird websites, so you don't really want to know the answer to that. Um, so let's... So, uh, I was I was going to have a um, one of our special guests was going to come on and talk a little bit about the history of Halloween, um, but I haven't done any research on the history of Halloween. Do you know anything about the history of Halloween? Can we yeah, make it up? Um, yeah, uh, twelve years ago, uh, uh, Satoshi Nakamoto uh, put out what they call the Bitcoin white paper. Uh, that was twelve years ago on the thirty first, and uh, it's the anniversary, and that's the story of Halloween. Oh, so that's how Halloween happened. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, That's no, funny. I only... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I remember dressing up and going trick or treating as a kid. So, is that some sort of like time dilation thing, or? Yeah, that's how Bitcoin works. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's, Bitcoin that's is pretty confusing. Uh, <laughs> the only thing I really know about Halloween is kind of the pop culture stuff. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, kind of. So it's All Hallows Eve. The Hallows comes. I think it was overwritten, the pagan one. It's that same thing every holiday. Pagans did cool shit. Hey, it's spooky times. The veil is thin, even though historians say that's not true. And then the Catholics said, cool holiday, bro. Let's put one the day before. <laughs> Get our holiday on top of yours. <laughs> uh, well, the in the Catholic Church, they've got, so they've got Halloween, which is all Hallow's Eve. That's tonight. And then they've got um, All Saints Day tomorrow. All Saints Day tomorrow, yeah. And then the second is All Souls Day. And then um, the third is uh, election day, and then the fourth is hangover day. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Or put out put out the fires from election. Put out day. the fires from election given day. This, this <laughs> Quell the rioting. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So uh, one of the things that we were going to do, I I uh, I got these uh, little fireballs um, from a, a friend, and so I was like, Alex, here, take this, and we'll drink it on the live cast. And then Alex told me he can't drink fireballs right now, so. I'm going to yeah, drink this sorry. for you, Alex, and for for uh, podcasters everywhere who are, you know, for all the people everywhere who don't get to go to Halloween parties this year. Yeah. <clears throat> these fireballs um, are so awful. I've discovered these are really good in hot chocolate. I don't mind fireball. I think it's kind of delicious. It's, it's just, I'm not drinking booze at the moment. Yeah. Not in some, like, creepy square way. Like, I'm still cool. Don't don't think I'm not cool. Okay. Ooh. <sighs> Okay, um, so I'm looking at our list of uh, people here, and we do have some uh, exciting guests. I'm wondering if any of our exciting guests are ready to be, uh, if they want to like ask questions or be on the live stream and say exciting things and show off their costumes. Like, Steph? <laughs> I'm not wearing a costume. <laughs> what a square. <laughs> Am I the only one that wore a costume? Is it is that what this is? This is a uh... No. I love Halloween because we were out doing errands earlier and um you know my style of dress is kind of I guess a little unusual maybe or unique. Uh so I always get all these people looking at me trying to decide is she dressed up or is she mm-hmm. but, uh, 
So it's always kind of fun. But uh, I was interested that t- you were talking about the uh, traveling quickly from place to place. Mm-hmm. Because I had a friend in uh, college when I was in my 20s. And she uh, was interested in, you know, weird stuff. We were studying uh, practic- uh, art practice and art history. But I think she'd read Alexander Alexandra David Neal. And um, there's a couple of things. There's supposed to be like a city, which is weird because I had this uh, dream about being able to do this from the time I was small. But it's, uh, I think it's, they call it like the long stride in Tibet where monks or people that have been meditating a lot have, have got this special power can um, just go for hours with this like really elongated stride like through mountains and get to places very quickly. So it's a similar thing again there of having these kind of uh, supernatural means or special means of traveling long distances. But the weird thing that my friend was telling me about is, of course, Tibet is very mountainous. They just have those little creepy paths and roads. It's very difficult to get places, uh, severe weather as well. So she said that uh, they were saying back in the old days, of course, you wouldn't have a body, you'd want to cremate it. But if it was like during winter or something, it was very difficult to move these bodies. So they would kind of let them get frozen. But then they get like these special sorcerers that would come and they get like a line of corpses and everyone would, you know, run inside. And it was kind of like Lady Godiva, right? You close everything up and. and I really, I really want this story to end in corpse toboggan. Oh, even better, I would say, than Corpse Tobaga. Because what they would do is they would meditate and get this kind of energy going and get this line of corpses. And you'd have like the sorcerers on either end and they'd make them hop. Wait, hop. they'd make them hop? Yes, hop upright, hop upright down these, you know, mountain paths and trails and roads to get them out of town to wherever they could be uh, cremated or disposed of. So, but I thought that was a real creepy uh image of everyone hiding in the house and then these sorcerers kind of cracking the the energetic whip on these poor people that is creepy talks about that she she claims to have been here with a pogo across the uh across the mountains for what Blavatsky. Yeah. Yeah. One of her books, she talks about being able to spiritually pogo through the mountains and she learned it in, you know, some secret temple that coincidentally, you know, hey, no one could find in Tibet. <laughs> <laughs> Almost like she's a complete fraud, but <laughs> the uh the thing that I find really interesting about the um like the long striding stuff that you're talking about, Steph, is that mm-hmm. these you know, the idea of uh, practitioners, you know, whether they're like Buddhist monks or, or I mean, it's Tibetan monks or, or rabbis or, you know, demon summoning magicians, like the, this idea of this fast travel or being able to be in two places at once or being able to like get from one place to another really, really quickly is it shows up across the, across multiple cultures and I don't see any um, modern day practitioners ever having uh, a claim on this. Like nobody's ever saying like, oh, yeah, I've got this uh, magic demon and now I can get from, you know, Portland to Seattle in just two hours. Um, because I guess we've got like Amtrak and uh, cars and stuff now. So maybe yeah, it's not as important. And shit. We, don't need, we don't need to sell our soul to get to Seattle. Do you think maybe there was some sort of, I don't know. What, so where where would the legend have come from and why would it have cropped up all over the place? Were there just... People who were good at shortcuts, people who had maps before anybody else had maps. Like, I wonder how that worked. It's funny because um, Colin Wilson in his book, uh, I think it's in Poltergeist, with mm-hmm. the exclamation point at the end. He talks about uh, there are some island in the South Seas. And it's, it's a similar type of situation where if they wanted to communicate with someone who was like on the other side of the island, they would like kind of build this hut out of wood and reeds and stuff and go in there and do like special uh, chanting and meditation and everything. And then they'd be able to kind of make that connection of consciousness and tune in and have the conversation, get information. And he saw it happen one time where he was informed of a death that they didn't find out. He didn't find out it had occurred until later, you know, the classic situation. But um, I guess he was, this one guy was telling him that they used to do it a lot more. And then he was saying, well, why don't you do it so much anymore? He's like, well, now we have like radios and telephones and stuff like that. So we don't have to go, it's like a lot easier. That's funny because there's another, there's a um, a legend in Freemasonry. Like it's, uh, I think the last, or the, the latest I really saw it sort of mentioned was probably in 
1550 or 1750 or something like that, where it was talking about how ancient Freemasons had this magical ability to communicate at a distance without using words or something like that. So there's another kind of weird superpower that showed up a lot, but now, you know, we've got telephones. <laughs> it makes you wonder, like, what other... Uh, is is magic... Are magic powers just becoming more and more superfluous as uh, as we commoditize technology? Are we killing magic? <laughs> yes. Short answer, yes. Well... <laughs> Staring at right now. I blame the internet. <laughs> Although I have to say, I... um have been involved with, uh, you know, different, uh, you know, like spiritual groups, you know, that have, you know, like a big meditation teacher, things like that here in Northern California, let's say in Marin or Berkeley, there's a lot of that going on, but you still find a lot of people that will have, um, experience, will get visions of their teacher. I was talking with someone, uh, Chris Ernst, about this um, recently with as regarding Mayor Baba, and you still get a lot of people that have like a, a big visionary experience of their teacher, or you know even see you know I saw them physically and got like this mystical awareness or mystical download happening. He appeared in my room. I saw them when you know that the you know for for example when he was living that you know that he was elsewhere. And I've you know this still props up a lot with. Um, with spiritual teachers, so. I, yeah, but of course now we've got Zoom. Yes, yeah. but if you can't, you know, if you can't have a Zoom with your teacher, and it's funny because this actually happened to a number of people that I knew when I was meditating with them with uh, Leslie Temple Thurston, and, you know, we would be going and sitting with her for, you know, a couple of days, once a month for during this time period, a couple of years, but people would still see her and have these visionary experiences. So I think there's something about you know a particular type of a relationship too where this can facilitate this type of uh thing happening but like you say then there's other things like strict by location or fast travel that's just you know kind of ridiculous and i think it takes a lot of energy that you know better spent. so by location we still don't have a way to like duplicate that but that's i think the superpower that i think would be most fascinating like how do you do that? If you're bilocating, are you conscious in both places? Is one of you just a, an illusion? Um, what's what's that all about? Do do both of you have to do the same things at the same time, or can you bilocate and have like a conversation with two different people at once? Well, are I you sharing the same brain? The the one that gets left on the space station eventually <laughs> goes by Tom Riker. And he goes back on the fast track to try to become a captain of a ship. And then William T. Riker, he stays. And then later Tom Riker will show up in, in non TNG. Oh like yeah. Yeah. He was on deep space nine. Yeah. He was on deep space nine. So I think that's the answer to your question. I would, I so I would, I thought about this a lot because when I was young, I was obsessed with astro travel. Like that's all I thought about for like a year. I was like, I'm fucking obsessed. And the girl I was going out with at the time, swears up and down that she could see me when it happened and she was just bad shit and she was dating me so you can just kind of let's 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 make assumptions on the type of person that was but she, <laughs> she swore up and down that she could see me when i was making attempts at this and i think that's kind of something along those lines like that i kind of uh bifurcate itself by location is is astral travel is it something like that is or like kind of i hate because every everybody says tulpa is everything but like if you send enough energy in one direction. I think it's kind of like a conscious projection on someone else that they're picking up on instead of an actual, like, so to answer in heavy fucking quote marks, Oh, I get to do it. Heavy quote marks uh, is yeah. You can know what the other one's doing, but I think it's like a really limited kind of thing okay. or people in the past sucked at knowing what day it was. Cause it was the past and everybody basically ate mud and died real easy. And, and also they didn't have Google Calendar. Yeah, so it was probably like, <laughs> I swear I saw you on Tuesday. And you're like, I was at the Alps on Tuesday. And instead of going, oh, I must have the day wrong, they went, holy shit, he has powers. <laughs> Let's worship and or kill him. Uh, I guess that's probably just as likely. And I mean, that could be, you know, so like the uh, uh, the Kwisatz Haderach thing. I guess we're looping all the way back around. We, we haven't finished answering this question yet. Um, because... In Dune, the people who make the way shorter and can go real fast are the, the guild navigators. 
who are well, just like that, huffing melange all the time. And why well, took that as like the shortening the way of spiritual growth of humanity? Because the later books details that the whole point of the Quetzalcoatl Hatterack is to, and this is where it gets a little lame, but great thought is is the removal of rape from the men. Is that to balance the balance the kind of violent force in humanity? Oh. So the shortening of the way would be the shortening of the way from man's kind of bestial nature at the time of say Paul to the death of the god emperor worm you know when he's basically had the breeding program for long enough to change humans when he's killed by the gahola yeah uh okay yeah i guess that's the nerdiest thing i've ever said and that says a lot you know um i think that i think that actually does make sense um i could see that because the whole idea of the quizatadarak and his offspring being the God Emperor and stuff is that it'll shorten, you know, humanity's path through barbarism, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But Paul does a poor job at it. You know, Paul just perpetuates barbarism. Well, Paul cowered it out was the idea was that he saw the, the horrific path he would have to take. He saw the jihad he would have to wage against humans and so, basically wussed out. And that's why he became blinded and, you know, became this kind of half messiah but you know mm-hmm. he had all the properties of being it's i think the idea is that's why they use jihad too is that the idea is that leto the second is more the muhammad and you know uh paul is not to say christ failed but the idea is that christ kind of failed like yeah he was a he was a you know he was somebody with powers and had ability and had good messaging but you know we needed somebody better later so there's a youtube comment from uh from dr peter grover a good friend of mine, he says, bi-location is like having two screens for your computer, which, um, yeah, I guess uh, basically it kind of is. It's kind of more like, you know, how they have those uh, those remote presence robots that you can, that have like the little screen on them. And so you can sort of like move around and be in another place. <laughs> yeah. So, Wait, who was that? I have no idea. Cool. Somebody just spoke. Did we have a ghost? We had a ghost. Spooky shade of Harmonubis. Oh, it's Wesley. (laughs) Hey, Wes, how's it going out there? I'm good. I'm driving. That's what it looks uh, like. It's free. So, uh, hi. Tune in. Welcome to Seattle. Got a ritual up there. Nice. Um, Is this a Halloween ritual that you're going to? It's one that I'm leading. Oh, uh, what kind of Halloween ritual were you doing? Can you talk about it at all, or is it like secret rituals? Yeah, yeah. So um, it's a sort of my own as a sabbatic witch and PGM practitioner how to sort of use some of and few some of those, but in a way to guide others on a ritual that has a sort of self-led element, but where they don't have to like use a script or anything. So it'll mostly be like a guided trance journey. Um, you know, introducing elements of those in a sort of self-initiatory, group-initiatory way without, um, in a way that feels appropriate for sort of uh I don't want to say non-practitioners, but more dabbling magical practitioners. Okay, so, I kind of followed that. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of meandering. So basically, we're going to take some herbal sacraments, have a big altar. Um, and there's some chanting know, of barbarous names. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'll be using some of that for the exorcisms and the evocations of some deities. And then I'll take everyone on a trance underworld journey, connect with the dead, sort of die and be reborn uh, with that Celtic idea of Samhain, of being the gate, the death of the old year, birth of the new self. Well, that sounds pretty cool. Integration of shadow and light. Yeah. It's a good. Uh, it's a really good day for rituals, huh? I mean, we've got the we've got Samhain, we've got the full moon, we've got um, you know Vi- my Venus return oh, was yesterday. Uh, oh, okay, good. That's a good one. Yeah, I know. It's a, it's been a, it's been an exciting. Yeah. Venus and Libra. I know. I know. That's That's a... Where does looks come from? <laughs> no, it's a costume. 
what are you? I'm a, like I'm a, an Umbreon. It's a, it's a Pokemon. <laughs> yes, yes, I guess. <laughs> awesome. It's a onesie. I'm These a things are incredibly guy. uncomfortably warm. I don't know what onesies are made oh, out of. Yeah. It's some sort of weird fuzzy polyester, I think. I don't know. It's like I'm wrapped in plastic. Halloween is cold. Well, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm indoors. Well, <clears throat> Wes, it's I'm I'm super glad that you're able to make it. I uh I guess I I should probably introduce you. Everybody, this is oh, Wesley. Hi. Uh I have no idea how to say your last name. I've never heard it said out loud. Martusevich. 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 Oh, that sounds better. Yeah. Um and he's oh. he's in my um Hermetic Lodge, Hermanubis Lodge. We 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 do weird rituals in the park together. Yay! Awesome. <laughs> I know. It's surprisingly, like neighbors in the park are unperturbed. They I, just sort of like watch in serious awe. It really, you know, I mean, since we're doing this in Portland, uh, it just makes me think that uh, <laughs> they just have seen weirder stuff, and they're probably just like, well, at least this group isn't sacrificing squirrels or whatever. <laughs> Or like dancing, you know. Like <laughs> yeah. Dance. We don't generally wear outfits, so uh, yeah. I guess lacking outfits, we're not really drawing much much of the public eye. We should wear outfits. Well, some of the rituals, you know, say to be naked and just covered in a sheet, so <laughs> we could try some of those. You it know, is legal in Portland as long as no one is aroused. So, given us. Our general group, um, as long as you stay covered up, I think we'll be okay. All right. I'll keep that in mind. <laughs> or arousing anyone. Right, right. Yeah, I think... I uh... flattering, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the, the wording of the law is as long as not anyone is aroused or aroused or arousing anyone, which pretty much just lets them enforce it how they want to. Yeah, I guess it kind of depends on um, how easily aroused the police are, probably. Right. Um, well, so uh, I'm going to try to see if Charlie has a pumpkin to show us. Charlie, are you out there? Yeah, yes. I. Um, hi. Hi. I did just finish carving a pumpkin. Um, but first, I want to let you know that I am dressed up. Oh yeah. Um, I am dressed as yes. I am dressed as one of the scariest things this year, which is an anti-masker. Um, <laughs> we call them rat lickers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> Here, I was hanging outside with my with my pumpkin, and then uh -huh. I came inside because it was getting dark. But I will I will show it to you. Let's see. Da -da -da -da. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, it's I like a vampire pumpkin this. with a cat nose. It's a vampire cat with a mushroom nose. <laughs> I have sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. playing with the sound effects. <laughs> so Charlie just uh, finished um, publishing her, their tarot deck. Which is yes. which I have here to show oh off. It's very cool. This is the fifth spirit tarot. Charlie, do you want to talk about it a little bit? Tell us. Yes, one. Oh, sure. Yeah. I uh, have not prepared anything to say, uh, but yeah, it's a um, queer and inclusive deck. Um, as a queer and non-binary person myself, I always. Um, I always found traditional sort of in, like uh, depictions of the human bodies and traditional tarot to be a bit limiting um, and a uh, and narrow. Um, <laughs> do you like that devil card? I really Eric. like the devil. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so one of the things that I wanted to do, one of the things I wanted to do was to be a bit um, to make a deck that was more inclusive of various gender identities, genders, um, uh, also just body types, uh, of course, um, races, abilities, things like that. Um, and before I created this thing, I didn't think I could draw. Um, like I figured out how to draw while I was illustrating this deck. And so you kind of, pretty... 
But you also like you went beyond just drawing the cards because you also made that awesome uh, tea towel slash spread cloth and you designed the box and the box is amazing. I, I mean, this is the bottom part of the box, but like the top part of the box, like, look at this thing. It's cool. So congratulations, just, just in time for Halloween. I, uh, yesterday gave, um, gave a reading to, uh, somebody with your, with your deck. It was the the first one, first reading I'd given with the deck and it was good. It was good. I liked it. There's, there's (laughs) a, did you pull the tower? I did not pull the tower. I did pull the devil though. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I always feel like it's a good sign if you don't pull the tower on your first go around. Though I, I mean, as much as I enjoy that card, <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's interesting. You know, I I rarely um, I rarely do readings with decks that are new to me. You know, I'm I feel you know I mm-hmm. guess I'm not I'm not like a heavy duty collector like a lot of tarot people. So I usually just kind of get stuck with one deck and then I just use that until something else comes along. So I'm but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep practicing. <laughs> Fifth Spirit Tarot. <laughs> That's a huge honor, then Eric, that you've you've branched out um, to give my give my deck a shot. I appreciate that. I just want everybody else out there to realize that you can never be too old to change. <laughs> Wait, is that what I'm trying to say? That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so uh, did Aaron carve a pumpkin also? No, not yet. Um, okay. So Aaron is um, on, he's on call for work, which means he's actually in the bedroom right now, organizing people's COVID testing um, oh. remotely. Yikes. Um, but we were hoping that he could, like, that's why I was outside at first, is because we were hoping he could find a break and come out and carve his pumpkin. Um, and it will happen at some point. It might be midnight. Uh, but <laughs> we'll get that second pumpkin carved. Well, we'll have to check in later. And I'm super glad that you could, I'm super glad that you could join us. You were, you were my, um, you were one of uh, a handful of special guests that I invited, and um, uh, some of the other ones couldn't make it. But you know, that's what happens. That's why you get. That's why you get lots of surprise guests. <laughs> well, thanks, Eric. <laughs> um. So, Alex. Hi. How's it going? It's it's going well. You were doing really well there. I didn't want to interrupt. It, yeah, I guess it's kind of weird having like so many hosts. Uh, yeah, no, this is true. But uh, uh, I want to ask Charlie what she did with the court, uh, what they did with the court. Sorry, Charlie. Oh, the court uh, cards. The court cards. Um, yeah. yeah. I have... Do you have a specific question, Alex, or just in general what I did with them? Oh, no, I was just wondering if you kept, you know, because they're like soups gendered in the, you know, the you know, Rider Waite Smith version. I was wondering if you kept those. It's always vaguely uncomfortable. So I was just curious if we, if we found a way around it. Some of them yeah, are. Yeah, thanks. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to, I'll find an example. Here is yeah, the queen have, of um, pentacles. Uh, sorry. Can't really see can, it. You, can you see it there now? You so you can see yeah. it's, I guess this one isn't super gendered, but some of them are. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> the king of cups. Oh, right. Oh, yes. Which is, you know. Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, sorry, I, I didn't mean to I didn't mean to but, interrupt you, Charlie. Go for it. But, yeah, to answer your, your question, Alex, um, there's lots of decks that have come out in recent years or the last decade about that have renamed the court cards, as I'm sure you're probably aware. They've chosen different non, non-gendered titles um, for the court cards. I decided to go about it um, in a different direction because I couldn't come up with anything better <laughs> than what has already been done with the names because uh, there's great renamings out there. And so I decided to just queer the depiction, like queer the human bodies on many of the court cards and retain the traditional titles of page, knight, queen, king, at least from the, you know, Rider Waite Smith tradition uh, rather than the Toth tradition. But um in order to sort of like push the boundaries of what we think of as queen or what we think of as king. So we can have a a masculine presenting person as the queen. We can have 
um, like a feminine appearing person as the king. Um, it doesn't, the, the problem with gender and the tarot and gender in general, as from my perspective, is that it's, it's not the gendered titles. It's the fact that we associate uh, various sort of attributes or personality types or qualities with genders. So yeah. we associate being nurturing as being a feminine thing. We associate being assertive as being a masculine thing. You know, like, and so um, getting rid of just the gendered language, I think, is an important part of the process of sort of um, moving past this and evolving this. Uh, but we have to also go deeper than that. And so I don't think I succeeded at, like, you know, fixing all of it, but wanted to sort of chip away at it in my own little way. Yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, I just being being an old man, it's those are so entrenched in my brain. So I love seeing the alternate takes on it, you know, just kind of or modern takes, whatever the phrasing you want to use. Yeah, it's well done. Double thumbs up. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I'll make <laughs> sure like give thumbs up <laughs> someday later on once I figure out how this YouTube thing wor works better. That there's a link to the word the um, Fifth Spirit Tarot in the video show note thingamajigs. Video you know the spot that's like down below you know how when you watch youtube videos they're always like pointing and they're like click here uh, to subscribe and click over there to see the mean. other thing there's just links to us right now yeah well i didn't know what to put in there i didn't know what we were going to talk about okay um but uh <laughs> <laughs> um so uh so alex you do you usually just use the thoth tarot right Oh, I use, I use whatever ones I'm in the mood for. Um, Thoth and I are kind of in a fight at the moment. So I've been trying to learn, I've been trying to get along with the Rider Waite Smith um, and it's been challenging. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, I use that deck uh, pretty frequently still. Like I kind of go, I still kind of go back to that as my, my default. I, never, I bought my first Rider Waite Smith last year. Like I've been reading for I started when I was 15. So how many years is that? 25 years ago? Like it's, I've never wanted that deck and every person uses it. So like, I oh, fine, I'll learn the fucking thing. The one I actually, I end up using a lot is the, um, the Kim Kranz deck, the, the wild unknown. It just, it's so user-friendly. It's just, I don't know. There's something about it. that's just like when, it, when I, my brain's not working and I don't feel like being uh, being prophetic or remotely insightful, I break that deck out. And I'm like, oh, you're talking to me. Oh, thank God someone's speaking. <laughs> that's such a popular deck right now. Like I'm, I'm not really sure. How did that get so popular? It's really pretty. I mean, that's, yeah, I think just the, the art in it, it's delightful. I mean, I don't know. Uh, um, the the person behind it was in a band before and i don't know maybe that band was popular i don't know anything about music but um uh yeah charlie is our band's pretty popular yeah oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so i i don't know i mean i think it's just the art that's what turned on for me i saw uh i don't know where i was but i saw somebody with one of the cards on a shirt uh -huh. And I was like, oh, I'm a creep. I, what's your shirt? Let's talk about tarot. And uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think that's probably it. At least it was for me. Well. Am I muted? Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But I can mute you okay. from here. Do you want me to mute you? I'll mute you. Uh, you're, no, you're... no. Uh, she had a shop in Portland for a couple years. Her band was pretty popular. She has a bunch of kids books that are phenomenal. If anyone here has children. Oh, really? I mean, I've like cried reading those books to my kids. So beautiful. Like, you know, the, the kind of messages magical children should be receiving. She's all over the place. So she's uh, a Portland a person then. Well, she lived um, for a while. They she were, was. I think they moved. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, they closed the Portland shop or they sold it. They sold the shop, but the shop owners now are still really cool and carry a bunch of her stuff. Yeah. Now it's, now it's Psychic Sister. It's up on Alberta. Oh, okay. I know about that place. I don't think I've ever been there. Yeah. It's it's a long. It's walk. a good shop. You should go. Well, they carry I, Fifth Spirit. I I don't. <laughs> yeah. They must be a good shop. <laughs> they, they have a cool class space that's huge, so potentially could be available for more socially distant stuff. Uh huh. Future. Hmm. It's like massive warehousey feeling. So, I'll have to, yeah, I, I will. I will check that out. I, I mean, I guess one of the things that stops me from getting up there right now is that I have no uh, automobile, and um, 
TriMet um, is kind of the public transit right now feels really weird. Agreed. Yeah, and, I would uh, avoid that. Yeah, and they they changed the the rules in public transit about a month or so ago. So, or I, I absolutely actually time is so hard to keep track of that. I think it was about a month or so ago. Um, but now they're only requiring three feet of social distancing on the bus instead of six. And that feels weird. Well, Eric, if you promise to hang your head out the window and I'll do the same, I'll drive you over to the tower shop if you want. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to have some Halloween candy. My my roommate picked up this Halloween candy, and it's supposedly in um, glow in the dark wrappers. Uh, I'm not really sure how to test that. I guess I can I can turn off all my lights. Spooky. You guys can talk amongst yourselves while I while I figure this out. <laughs> I, have, I have a glow in the dark Pez dispenser. We can. I'm not turning my lights <laughs> off though. I couldn't find any uh, Halloween decoration, so I found a pumpkin, and now now I feel like a dork. But I feel like that's on brand. Alex, can I ask you a question? Yeah, um, I would love to know more about like uh, this sort of like Thoth and Rider Waite Smith um, divide in the tarot world is like very like it definitely exists, and I'm always curious as to like what people's reasons are because for me. Um, I feel the same way as you do, but in reverse, I have a really hard time connecting with a Thoth deck. Um, and Eric and I have talked about it before and he suggested that maybe it has to do with the first deck you ever, ever get and like sort of imprinting on it. Yeah. Um, and my first deck was a, um, writer weight deck, but it sounds like yours was, was also a writer weight deck. And yet you don't, or no, maybe not your first, was your first writer weight? No, my first deck was a Thoth deck. Actually, I still have it on the show. Okay. I mean, uh, in, you know, I got that in like 95 ish, but, um, so the guy that I got turned on, kind of turned on tarot with, um, we were into just weird, freaky shit when I was in high school. And I think he, he either was in doing the like, Philema thing at the time or just started. But anyway, the point is uh, he, he got really geeky before I knew what any of it meant of the, the depth of imagery in it. And he was like, oh, this symbol in the background here actually means this. And just the, the like, you know, graduate level stuff when I don't know, you know, the freshman stuff. And it blew my fucking mind. I was like, I can't believe this can be a real life thing. Like, this is like proper magic shit. And I got yeah. just hooked on it. I just thought the art of it was amazing. And Rider Wade Smith got this like kind of, I, I mean, it's pretentious. It, it, it got in my head as like, that's like the, the normal kids tarot deck. You know, that's, that's what the regular people <laughs> use. Yeah. And it, just, it took me a long time to get over that. And then I had a couple of bad experiences with um, just not like terrible people, but just kind of bad actors in the tarot community. And they always were Rider Reed Smith people. And that's completely mm. nonsense on my side. But, you know, it's, you develop these things. And um, yeah, last year <laughs> I decided I'm going to buy that fucking deck and I'm going to learn it. And I'm still trying to make it do anything. It just kind of sits there. But I got 25 years of weirdness to overcome so <laughs> <laughs> i think you're right i think um uh it, from my observations the like weirdest of the weird kids do prefer the, the thoth deck and the um still weird but less weird perhaps kids yeah. like the uh writer wade smith um it is yeah it's definitely more main, mainstream so charlie sure. are you trying to say that that you and i are way more mainstream than Alex. I'm trying, I'm trying to say that, um, I was socialized in, uh, Alabama and, uh, Oof. the Thoth deck was just like a little bit too intense for me as a teenage goth in that environment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rodney Smith is, is radical as fuck in Alabama. You know? <laughs> yeah. It is. I grew up right outside of Manhattan. So like there was nothing weird enough, you know, it's, I guess for me, I don't think, I don't know the first time I even saw the Thoth deck or became aware of it. Like I, I was, my first tarot deck was, uh, the Alice in Wonderland tarot, which was basically like the Rider Waite Smith with Alice in Wonderland characters. Um, Oh, that's adorable. I didn't know that. (laughs) Oh yeah. I, uh, at some point I was like, Oh, I can sell this on eBay for 150 bucks. So I did. (laughs) Um, 
But uh, I don't even remember the first time I got exposed to the Thoth Tarot or became aware of it. But uh, by that time, I was already pretty well entrenched. You know? Um, yeah. yeah. You're such a nerd about this stuff. That's why I kept trying to talk you. That's why I made you do the tarot reading the one time on my show was, you know, the, the depth of weirdness in that deck. I was like, Eric, this is for you. This is your, I, this is your <laughs> magical nerddom. You should spend the rest of your life studying this thing. And now I've done a full um, three, maybe four readings with the, uh, with the Thoth Tarot. Oh, I'm a proud poppy. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I, I learned on Rider Waite, which, um, you know, in a very kind of specific system that gave me a great foundation, mm-hmm. but then trying to bridge over to Thoth was like, wait, but this is not what it's supposed to be. But yeah. I've had a pretty good harmon- like harmonizing. I tend to bounce back and forth between either Thoth derivatives or Rider weight derivatives and kind of have inflated meetings in my own head and just kind of look for where the cards go. You know, in, in the reading to decide, you know, what, for instance, like the four of pentacles, you know, which has a little differing meanings, uh, you know, means and depends on the deck. But maybe I'm just like polyamorous in most areas of my life. So it seems to extend this off to, or to tarot decks as well. You're, you're poly, poly tarotist. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, I love the Hermetic Tarot, though. I picked it up years ago, kind of like played around with it, set it aside, got really into it, set it aside, revisited it lately, and it's just like been nailing every reading. And I'm like, okay. Yeah. Gonna... I, have mixed, I have mixed feelings about the Hermetic Tarot. Uh, there's some weird Hebrew in there from time to time that kind of throws me off. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's and the cards are so busy. There's so much going on in them. But you know, it's been a long time since I've spent very much time with that deck. I should, I should pull it out. And- you know, the card titles, um, which I'm trying to remember how much of it is based on the Book of T, or Don't not, they- because it's you know a soft derivative, golden dawn based. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, the book, uh, right. the because the Thoth Tarot uses the same titles as the Golden Dawn, right? Or really close to them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. he switched and up so some I, of the major arcana. I think he switched up some of the order in that, but pretty much it's that. Yeah. Right, because Zadi is the, the star or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Uh, the, um, the Hermetic Terror all have these sub names, though, for like all the court cards. Um, oh, yeah. I've seen that. I think I've seen that in BOTA stuff. Yeah. Yeah, because it's you know it's kind of going down base, but then they kind of are eclectic in what they choose to draw upon. Which you know, uh, if I were like super into studying the detail of the symbolism of you know of every aspect of the artwork of the cards, then I might you know have more qualms with it. It just seems to deliver as far as readings, and maybe that's partially the effectiveness of the invocation I did over the cards when I got them as opposed to more lax ones later in life. I don't know, but it just seems to work for me. Mm-hmm. So for the the people that are watching here, is this, this is the Hermetic uh, Tarot. That's the full. Oh, right yeah, there. it's the black and white line. Yeah, and then on the bottom shows like the spirit of ether. So all the cards have like the secondary secondary kind of description on yeah. it. I have no idea how much you can see, but there, look, holding it up for you all. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I had it on the shelf within arm's reach, and I'm even I'm not that lazy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where my Hermetic Tarot is. I um I put a bunch of decks in a box, and I put that box in the closet, and that closet is kind of behind stuff. So, <laughs> so uh, Alex, you going to be doing any weird rituals tonight? Um, I was thinking about it. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure yet. You and I were talking about doing some, uh, well, you were recommending I do like a Venus thing yeah. uh, uh, for Dawn, but uh, I was tired, so I didn't do it. So <laughs> I'm going to, that's Dawn adjacent. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess uh, I miss, uh, I, I enjoyed our previous um, Halloween excursions where we went and summoned cartoon demons. That was That was always fun. Yeah, no cartoon demon summoning. I felt like doing it over Zoom just, as 
it, it felt inauthentic, which is the dumbest thing in the universe to ever say, considering we're talking about summoning a cartoon <laughs> demon. But I was like, ah, no, I think we need to be in person for that to work. Yeah, I feel like those episodes, we might have had way more fun uh, making them than uh, the listeners have listening to them. But um, I oh, am I've looking gotten f- a lot of good reviews. <laughs> on that one. Oh, yeah. The, the good. Hudson Avedere one, I've, I've had a lot of people comment on how they think that's uh, one of the weirder things they've heard on a podcast. That was that one was really gross. <laughs> the bug milk. Uh, yeah, that's true. I actually found the um, the grinder. I used to grind up the bugs. I still had it in my kitchen. Ugh. I mean, what are you going to do with it? What are, what else are you going to use that thing for? More bugs? I just had in the back of my head that at some point in my life, I got to the point that I'm grinding up bugs with my friend to perform a ritual in a park. There's a chance I'm going to need to grind up other weird things in the future. So I might as well keep my weird thing grinder. Yeah. <laughs> I have a mortar and pestle that's only for noxious, non yeah, consumables. Non-edibles, yeah. <laughs> yeah, perfect. Yeah, so. yeah. Don't want to mix that. I have, I have a hand coffee grinder. The, gro- the gross stuff, Martyr. Yeah. yeah. Right. Oh, the coffee grinds are nice. Yeah, I don't know if I could have ground up bugs in a mortar and pestle. That would have... <sighs> it was gross enough just doing it with the hand crank I mean, coffee grinder. At least they were dried bugs. That's true. They were dried bugs. Yeah. They were still gross. It was I'm glad gross. we didn't drink that milk. I don't think I... Uh, yeah, that was not... I don't think that was ever on the... Um, plan in the plan <laughs> if, if we were on so charlie what about you you're going to be doing any weird rituals later um you know i was going to do a little something for uh two of my ancestors that passed this year oh. um since stalin is when we honor the dead Right, um, right. But but not not anything, you know, not prancing naked in a park or like, you know, grinding up bugs um, <laughs> or just like a quiet little thing, um, sort of a mix of like an ancestor altar and then like a tarot reading, a tarot spread that I have for uh, for that purpose. So something simple. Nice. That sounds good. I was going to go try to convince one of my friends to have a bonfire in their backyard, but then I just realized it's just such a, you know, doing this and then trying to get to the other side of Portland to burn stuff just seemed um, like a little bit too much work. So. Oh, <laughs> if anyone uh, can look toward the east, the moon's a bit above tree height and insanely gorgeous. Oh, so huge. I don't think I can... Um, look out the window right now. It's, it's, it, <laughs> but I will check it out. Yeah, yeah, of course. It's, I got that big Last lawn night, my, my mom and I were. Jack-o-lantern. Oh, what was that, Charlie? Ooh. Oh, I was just going to say last night, my mom and I were talking on the phone um, and saw the moon at the same time and then immediately broke into um, the song from An American Tale. Um, the um, yeah, somewhere one about looking at the moon at the same time. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to sing it. <laughs> uh, uh, please. That's really sweet. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it was nice. <laughs> I don't think I know that song. What what what's it called? Do you know Do you know the film? It's an animated film about a mouse that travels, uh, like immigrates <laughs> to America. Yeah, I'm aware um, of its existence. I just don't think I've seen it. It's called, it, the song's called Somewhere Out There. Oh, yes. Okay, I, I know that song. <laughs> I'm not going to sing it either. But I'm not going to sing it either. <laughs> we could all sing it together. Oh, I will. I will. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that timing will really work well over there. <laughs> somewhere, somewhere. All right, somewhere. everyone, come on. What is it? Like, I don't know any of the words. I only One, know the somewhere two, out there part. <laughs> but do we have to that's, sing it in like a that, squeaky mouse voice? That's the thing. Oh, yeah. I, I, my voice doesn't go that high. <laughs> <laughs> so well, maybe you can be a mouse that's this long-term smoker eric you know just do the, do the gravelly mouse yeah. old grandpa mouse um the, the, the tom waits mouse i mean i am i am dressed <laughs> as uh i think the uh I, I am dressed as like one of the mouse poke nope nope never mind yeah. No, I think I don't think the, the, Umbri- the Umbreon wasn't a, isn't a mouse Pokemon. It's like some sort of more like a fox. It's I don't think it's a fox either. Isn't it Cat some like. sort of like demon leopard? 
<laughs> yeah, but doesn't that evolve from awesome. a fish that looks like a fox? It evolves from an Eevee. Yeah, Eevee's kind of fox looking, isn't it? I guess maybe. I don't know what a fox looks like. I'm going to be honest. No, not cat. Yeah. I just think that they probably just designed the Eevee to just be like really cute looking. Successful. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm okay. I've been, I've been wearing this uh, hood for long enough. I have to, oh man, it's so hot in there. (laughs) Ah, all right. Polyester. I'm free. Um, All right. Well, let's see. I think we should probably uh, see if, I mean, we don't have any, we don't have any other special guests. You guys are the special guests unless Matt wants to talk. Matt, are you uh, paying attention out there? It's hard to tell. He's, he's. (laughs) Um, so, how about trick or treaters? Have you guys gotten any trick or treaters? Treaters. Um, Matt is having mic problems, according to the chat. Oh, okay. And also to the chat, hello, Michelle. Oh, who's Michelle? Uh, someone now. I'm trying to. Oh, hi, Michelle. I didn't know how to pronounce her last name, so I just went with Michelle. <laughs> um. Well, that's cool. So. Oof-da. Alex. Wait, is Eric frozen? No, no, I'm not frozen. I, I was just sort of like, I got into one of those. Very uh, still. You ever have those those times when you're, you know, when you're podcasting and you're kind of like, oh crap, I I totally had something to talk about next, but you kind of start to lose it and it's gone, and then you're you sort of like about trick or treaters. Oh yeah, so have you guys had any trick or treaters? I haven't had trick or treaters, but um, on my way back from the grocery store, I got caught in a neighborhood Halloween parade um, because, like, just an impromptu, just like lots of children wearing masks and like mm-hmm. their parents, and then some like teenagers as well. But just this like lovely, probably like I don't know, sixty people, um, just a little parade walking down the the street in Sunnyside. So. Well, that that sounds, was lovely. That sounds nice. Um, yeah, I've I've actually where I'm living now. I've never had a trick or treater, which I'm okay with. You know, I I still get the candy. <laughs> yeah, but I just keep it for myself. <laughs> if any kid showed up to my door, it'd be very very uncomfortable. Yeah, your door uh, is uh, your door is obscure and difficult to find. My, yeah, my door is obscure. It's in the back of a house and leads to a basement apartment. Like that child's parents have. Severe, severe issues. <laughs> those are basically those are kids looking to be in a horror movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, there's a basement door. Let's knock on that. Yeah. <laughs> I live in a uh, 55 plus active living community, so no, we don't get any trick or treaters. At what age do you think? <laughs> uh, <laughs> at what age does it stop being okay for for a person to go door to door asking for candy? Like, when when um, when are we supposed to stop? I did it into college because I have a little brother who's 13 years younger than me. And so I would just like take him along with me. And he was like an adorable, like seven year old or six year old. And I'd also be like, hi, I'm 20. Give me candy. But it was acceptable because of because he had my a kid. brother, the, the Halloween yeah. prop. So basically, if you have if you have a child, you get to go trick or treating forever. Yes. Number yeah. number one reason to procreate. I take candy is the best. <laughs> my kids, yeah. Taking well, my kids tomorrow. So for trick or treating. Uh so her mom's um, synagogue did this thing where like people signed up and there's going to be like specific houses that have like tables at the end of their driveway with named bags of candy. So. So we don't like interact with other people's bags. Her mom's very um, COVID conscious. Okay. Well, that's so that we sounds... are going to. Yeah. That's then cool. we just pick up the bags of candy that are designated for her from specific houses. But we get to walk around mm-hmm. in costume, see other people in costume, and like, you know, safe distance, but get to have the experience. So I'm happy for her. You gonna, you gonna wear a costume, Wes? I'm going to be um, uh, Dr. Faust. Ooh. Uh, basically just means, you know. Um, you just re- uh, Renaissance cool fair. Renaissance outfits. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a big black book. 
um, you know, a shiny dark amulet. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I feel like it could use another finishing touch, but I don't know what that is yet. Um, just uh, rub yourself with sulfur so you have like that brimstone smell. Oh, perfect. <laughs> like a, Thank you. A quill and parchment and just keep signing contracts with everyone. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just collect souls. I was the 17th century devil, and I had a, uh, a black leather-bound book and a feather, um, and then also a pen, you know, because I wasn't really carrying around a pot of ink. But I had people in my 17th century devil costume sign their souls over the devil. I was like his messenger, emissary, you know, secretary, essentially. So you've got people signed and uh, that's excellent. So you have yeah, a, you got, have a I collection. Got, I got some signatures. <laughs> yeah, you know, I wish I'd kept it going. I think I still have that book somewhere. Yeah, um, I, I don't know if it's uh, if it's actually possible to sign over a soul, but I guess uh, you know at least um, you tried. Oh well, it's definitely it's definitely currency <laughs> in the under realms for sure. So I, I guess I'm sitting on, you know, a fair little stash bank, possibly. Mm-hmm. I need to get them legally verified, I guess. I don't know. I, I, wasn't, no, I wasn't a notary at the time, so maybe it didn't count. <laughs> you didn't have the... Infernal uh, <laughs> notary. <laughs> In, yeah, you have, to, uh, you have to keep your registration up to date for that, I think. Yeah, it was before I was a witch, so well. at least consciously... Um, well, I guess, uh, now I know. <laughs> how long do, how long do people usually live stream for? Like, are we supposed to keep going until like somebody dies or Midnight? <laughs> <laughs> like, what's on, on Halloween? Yeah, that that happens is traditional. On Twitch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. Fine, I'll kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. God, it's really dragging on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking we could probably wrap it up pretty soon because we have been live streaming for a little over an hour, and um, it's not like we're going to Joe Rogan it or anything like that. Um, yeah, I'm not nearly right wing enough for that. Yeah, do you want to um, talk about your websites and stuff? Uh, I guess we should have Charlie go first. Charlie, tell the internet where to find you. Sure. Uh, you can find me at um, my website, thewordwitchtarot.com, or at the website for my deck, which is fifthspirittarot.com. I'm most active on Instagram at the.word.witch. Uh, and I have a podcast also uh, called The Word Witch as well. And um, it's on hiatus right now as I'm like frantically finishing and ma- well, the deck is finished, but mailing them out um i haven't i will not show you my apartment full of boxes right now (laughs) but that one uh, the podcast should come back pretty soon so did i'm I'm wondering did you get um did you get a label printing machine machine or anything like that for your oh yes i did oh good good (laughs) i uh i don't ship too many stuff too many things so i just print them and cut the labels out and tape everything manually but that's, if I had to do that's also what I did those. before I had 650 uh, orders to mail. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. Man, good job, though. 650. Nice. Yeah, that's Thanks. really cool. <laughs> how many how many stores is the deck in? Um, right now, um, they're like it's presently at Seagrave and Psychic Sister. I uh, just dropped some off uh, to them yesterday. Um, in Canada, it's at the Witch's Fix. Um, which is a, a lovely little shop in Hamilton, Ontario. It's um, sort of near Toronto, as according to Google Maps. I don't know. I've never. <laughs> I mean, it's I've Canada. I've never been to that area. <laughs> I wish. I wish one day. Um, it's uh, it's also at the little at Little Red Tarot in the UK. Um, so for folks, you're in, you're um, like worldwide in Europe now. <laughs> Uh, not quite. Um, it's at the um, a shop called De Alchemista in the Netherlands. Um, and it's going to be at uh, Woo PDX as well and at um, Circle of Stitches in Salem, Massachusetts and the 8th House at, in um, New Jersey. So That's amazing. 
It is really okay. cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like a rock star. Yeah. I, you, I, I feel like we are in the presence of a rock star. So, you know, well done. Well done. Um, Thanks and so much. So, uh, Alex, you want to? It's gonna. It's it's hard to far out follow um, Charlie, but I guess it, it's your turn to plug your. Uh, yeah, I had a book stuff. in a store once. Uh, <laughs> Two books. I at a library. That's about it. <laughs> it's not nearly as impressive. I sold my soul to some guy walking around in a costume once. Uh, yeah, alexstaff.com, alexbolin.com. Everybody knows where to find me. I think it's going to be my feed too. So, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I guess people will, uh, you're already watching this on YouTube or listening to it on my feed. So you already know where to find me also. But I guess you're still supposed to tell people to like subscribe and stuff, right? So like click on things and subscribe to stuff. I'm pointing. Oh, you're supposed to say smash that like button. Be sure to like and subscribe. Oh, yeah. Be sure to like and subscribe. That's what you're supposed yeah. to say. I've watched I've watched some YouTube before. Um <laughs> uh but i guess uh that's it i'll i'll make a i'll make a sound effect and then we can just sort of sign off i'll, I'll use the spooky bells <laughs> there's a house on my street that's playing that outside constantly are you kidding that's, that's... i kind of love it it's interspersed with like howls and such yeah so, um i'm into it everybody else is annoyed it's a great spooky. Uh, ooh, Robbie said. By the way, we we do have some people who are talking a little bit in the live chat, and he says, "Oh, I forgot about the live chat." Sorry. Took yeah, his no, uh, two-year-old trick or treating and kept all the candy for himself. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good. Uh, all right, everybody, thank you for coming. I'm going to stop the live stream now and um, stuff. So, blah. Thanks. Bye. Bye. <laughs>